we are four days out from taking flight to Fight Island. Four days. But yet, we are so far away from everything being official. Like, it's crazy. I'm just reading the reports now. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Blake Gibbs Show. This is part two of our Usman versus Mazadov. Getting you ready for Fight Island this weekend. The biggest MMA fight of 2020 thus far. The welterweight champion Kamar Usman versus the BMF champ Jorge Gamebred Mazadov. <sighs> I'm just reading the reports now. Ariel Hawani just broke it. My main man, Ariel. Uh, Jorge's, uh, one of his top coaches at American Top Team, Coach Mike Brown, tested positive for COVID. He's officially out of Game Brad's corner. Um, now, there's been no word if he's had contact, uh, you know, with Game Brad or if, uh, you know, they flew on the charter jet together, anything like that. Game Brad took a, uh, private jet he didn't take the ufc charter plane he took a private jet to abu dhabi so there's no report if mike brown was on that i don't know uh like we know mike brown was coaching dustin poirier last week uh in vegas two weekends ago excuse me the 28th of june he coached dustin poirier in vegas uh when he fought dan hooker so there's no word or anything like that if they've had close contact since then. And uh, obviously we know the official reports came out that both uh, Mazadov and Usman tested negative when they both got to Vegas before leaving for Abu Dhabi. Uh, so they both flew into Vegas. Usman from coming from back from Dallas. Game break coming from South Florida. And they both tested negative for their first uh, screening test for the covid Quarantine for 24 hours, hopped on their jets, flew to Abu Dhabi. They got off of them. Obviously, they got tested today. Got a quarantine for another 48 hours. Weigh in, get tested again before fight night. So we got they got two more rounds of testing to go, man. So we have to hope that you know Mike Brown didn't have close contact, anything like that with Gamebred or folks. We could have. The fight called off. Absolutely crazy, you know. And if some of you are new to the MMA game and you, you haven't really been following too much what's been going on, this is, a, I mean, Jorge stepped in on seven days' notice, right? And he's replacing Gilbert Burns, who originally tested positive for COVID. He was going to be the one to fight Kamar Usman this weekend. So there's so much craziness right now that but, you know, we can't get ourselves worked up. We can't get ourselves worked up right now. Um, you know, we just got to keep, we got to keep the hope strong. We got to make sure that we got to stay positive here. You know, glass is half full. We can't think negative right now. We can't think the game bread's going to get, you know, he's going to test positive. Fight's going to be called off. We just got to, you know, we got to stay positive. And that's what we're going to do here today on part two. We're going to do a breakdown. We're going to do... The build-up to it, part one was more of a reaction, the first initial reaction I had for the fight, and now we're going to do a full breakdown of who's going to win this fight. 
right? Who? Who? Um, as I said, me, uh, Gamebred's one of my favorite fighters. So obviously, I, but, you know, doing this podcast game, I have to be, I can't be completely biased and I have to recognize how good Kamar Usman is. He's the champion for a reason. You know, he's the top 170-pound fighter in the world for a reason, and rightfully so. He's beaten all the top dogs to get there. So um, I can't show too much favoritism towards Game Bread. Obviously, I'm going for Game Bread. Obviously, I got to pick Game Bread. Um, but I just not, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and bash and, um, you know, criticize Kamar Usman too much because he is a champion. Let's not forget that. And um, he's defending the belt once again. So, how do we get here, right? Obviously, this was the fight that was booked before the Gilbert Burns fight. Obviously, contract negotiations, like we talked about in episode one, um, didn't come to fruition. So, that f- the, f- the first time we tried making this fight, it fell out. But this was the fight to make after 2019's MMA year was over. In 2019, Kamar Usman and Jorge Mazadov stepped out and were arguably, I mean, in my opinion, besides Israel Adesanya, probably the two top fighters of 2019 for Fighter of the Year. And probably, and you gotta probably have Henderson, and Henderson Cejudo's gotta be in there too, but. You know, if you have a list of five people of 2019 Fighter of the Year, you got Mazadov, you have Izzy, you have Cejudo, you have Usman, and I don't know who else you could have. <laughs> Amanda Nunes. You can't go wrong with Amanda. She defended the belt twice. But let's look at the 2019 that Kamar Usman had. Absolutely destroyed longtime welterweight king and champion Tyron Woodley. I mean, we're talking 50 45 on scorecards. That's a 5 0 sweep in the title fight. Woodley won no rounds, according to all three judges. And I went back and watched the fight last night, and Woodley was never in the fight. Usman absolutely destroyed him, broke him down mentally, and just wore Tyron Woodley out to capture the title. Absolutely phenomenal performance. If you're an Usman fan, or Usman's coaches, that fight shows you how good Kamar Usman is. Went in there and just beat down Tyron Woodley, and won the belt convincingly. And honestly, wasn't even the favorite going into the fight. Let's fast forward for his first title defense, December 2019, UFC 245, the highly anticipated welterweight title fight between uh, former interim champ Colby Covington and the defending welterweight champion, Kamar Usman. I've, 
I've been saying it since the fight happened. This, in my opinion, is fight of the year of 2019. You have two wrestlers with outstanding cardio and pressure go in there and put on absolute stand-up war on. No takedown attempts at all. Absolutely amazing fight. And once again, Kamar Usman finishing Colby. The last minute of the fifth round. Drops him twice. Finishes off with some ground and pound. You know, I don't want to hear about, ah, it was a ah, controversial stoppage. Save that, save that, you know, that debate, that discussion. Save that for another day. Usman uh, was going to win the fight regardless by decision after he had the two knockdowns in round five. That's a 10-8 round. Two knockdowns, one minute left, round five. That's a 10-8 round. Wins you the fight. He had it. Whether it be a split or unanimous, he was taking the decision regardless. Now, the way that he won was a surprise to me. Right? I didn't think he was going to stand up on the feet at all and drop Colby and beat him that way. I was expecting to see who the better, the stronger, more conditioned wrestler was going to win the fight somehow with more takedowns, more effective ground and pound, and the one taking less damage is how I thought was going to win that fight. These guys came out, put on an absolute stand-up war, and... Kamar took the W. Fractured Colby's jaw at the end of round three. Boom! Popped him. He sat back. Kamar Usman is an absolute monster, and he's a calculated fighter. I don't think a lot of people give him that credit and recognize that. He has a very, very high fight IQ. We saw that in the Hafiado Santos fight. We saw that in the Damian Maya fight. And then we saw it in the Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington fight. Kamar Usman is at the point where he'll take you down, let you get up, beat you up, and then take you back down again is how Kamar Usman fights. It's very, very calculated, and it's a high fight IQ. And he's very well-rounded, and he's getting better with his striking. From what you see when he first came in, when he just had a strong overhand, to where he is now, where he can throw a double jab followed up by a straight right. Phenomenal. I'd like to see him throw more kicks to set up his takedowns. More leg kicks, more body shots, just to kind of set the takedown up. Because a lot of times when you have all-American wrestlers or just really good, strong-based wrestlers that come into MMA, they usually throw overhand into a takedown. Kamar Usman has really changed his game up, working with Henry Hoof and a lot of the guys down there in South Florida with the striking, where he set it up now where he can throw a jab or a double jab into a right, whether it be an overhand, whether it be a straight, whether it be a hook coming down the pipe and he can just down look for a takedown right after that he's changed up a lot if you watch like i said those last four fights that i mentioned the maya the Hafiado Santos, tyron Molina, of course the colby covington fight really shows you how much he's evolved from when he first came into the ufc kamar wins that fight defends the belt and man after he wins the fight with Colby, you know, they ask him, Kamar, who's next? Who's going to take it? 
you know, who, who, who do you have next up? You know, and they ask him, of course, ah, it's got to be Jorge Mazadov, right? And he kind of shrugs it off. Who? Who's, who? Who is that? The guy that's fought nobody? That was what Kamar's response was in the post comp, the post fight conference at two forty five. You can't say a nobody because you're talking about the comeback fighter of twenty nineteen, the consensus fighter of the year of twenty nineteen, the resurrection as he's calling it. I call it game bread season. You know, Jorge calls it the resurrection, his comeback. He came back the end of February of 2019, went to Liverpool and fought number one, former number one contender Darren Till. Absolutely knocked him out. He was dropped early in that fight. He was dropped early in that fight in the first 30 seconds of it, recovered, came back, and won the fight by knockout. No one thought it was coming. He was a heavily, heavily favored underdog in that fight. Obviously it is. I mean, Till coming off of the title fight with Woodley, you're in Liverpool. Mazadov had the year layoff. And he's fighting Darren Till. <sighs> Till had to be the favorite. Game bread doing game bread things. Shuts the crowd up, puts him in awe, knocks him out in the first minute of the second round. He throws an absolutely devastating overhand, hits Till, comes back around with the hook, boom, catches him on the temple, absolutely knocked out. I think Till was out with the first shot when he threw the overhand. Had to be. If you watch that back, when he throws that right and then followed by the left hook, before the left hook even hit, I think Till was out. But the left hook just put him down for sure. And then he followed it up with a couple ground and pound punches after that. But the fight was... not Darren Till was already knocked out. But the fight that really pushed Jorge Mazadov into superstardom, that really put him all eyes on him from the hardcore MMA fans' perspective and the casual MMA fans' perspective, where everybody came together to see how bright and how much of a star Mazadov can be was last July, a year ago, when he fought Ben Askren. Ben Askren is a four-time All-American NCAA wrestler. Two-time national champion, two-time runner-up. Wrestled on the freestyle. He was an Olympic wrestler on the freestyle team back in 2008. One of the most accomplished wrestlers to ever make the transition over to MMA. Askren talked so much leading up to the fight. So much. And, uh, you know, Jorge said, you know what? I'm going to knock that bum out. I'm going to shut him up. I'm going to put an end to him. All leading up. This is going on for three months. Trash talk, the build, everything is leading up to it. Fight night comes, Right? And if you remember correctly, these they're the third fight of the night because you have Amanda Nunes defending her Bantamweight title against Holly Holm, and then you have John Jones going against Tiago Santos in the main event for the light heavyweight title. So this wasn't even the main event. 
But the people, but everybody was more hyped for this fight more than anything else because the buildup and the animosity and the tension between both fighters is what really sold people on it and got people watching it. The end result we know, flying knee, five seconds in, Jorge knocks him out. Bam! Clean. And the follow-up punches, obviously they were super necessary. <laughs> but Askren was already knocked out right after the knee. He was already done. He was knocked out. As soon as, the as soon as the knee hit him, he was out cold. You can watch it back. Joe Rogan even says it. He says, man, those follow-up punches weren't even necessary. He was out cold. A lot of people... Whether they're, you know, I guess hardcore MMA, you know, the pundits, the traditionalists, the marks, whatever, will say that it was a lucky knee. That's where I beg a differ. Not because I'm a Mazadal fan. I'm a huge game-bred advocate. No, no, no. He was practicing it the night before in the lead-up to the fight. If you watch Ben Askren's fights, Ben Askren level changes and shoots 90% of the time, right away. He did, it in the fall, he did it in his debut against Robbie Lawler three months prior. He shot in for a takedown within the first three to five seconds of the fight. You cannot say it was a lucky flying knee, all oh, this and that. You can what if all day. We can do that all day. You can't write off that Mazadov trained for that. They prepared for that. They have footage of them the night before preparing for it. Right? Askren level changes. They said, you know what? Come out with the flying knee. He, he's going to level change right away with you. Obviously, we know he's not going to stand with you, Jorge. Throw a flying knee. See what happens. Let's prepare for it. Let's change for it. Let's get ready. And then look what happened. Five-second knockout. A lot of people don't realize Jorge Mazadov has 48 fights in his career. He has a 35-13 record. He's been doing this for so long. I'm not talking about, you know, the amateur stuff and, of course, you know, the street fights in the backyard of, you know, the 305 and fighting on Kimbo's videos. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about him at a high professional level. He's fought for 16 years. A lot of people, I think, forget how high of a fight IQ he has. He's fought tons of former champions and contenders. Eve Edwards, Paul Daly, Gilbert Melendez, Benson Henderson, Al Alquinta, Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Damian Maya, Wonderboy Thompson. Darren Till. So, you can't say that it was lucky knee. I mean, they prepared for it. They put the training, they put the time into it. So you can't say it's luck. Now, Let's talk. One thing I have to have to kind of go off here for a second 
a lot of the major sports media outlets that don't really cover UFC or MMA, Fox Sports and ESPN, they have respectable journalists outside of the MMA world. This is outside of the MMA game. I'm not criticizing Ariel or Chael, DC. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Brett Okamoto, not at all. Not at all. I'm talking the mainstream sports media outlets. When I heard multiple times that people, they said, oh, Jorge's the BMF champ. He won the fight. But Nate Diaz is the pushover. What? Nate Diaz is a pushover? Oh. I, I, I mean, I was taken back. I was disrespected. Not because I've been watching UFC since 2006. Not even. It's because it's Nate Diaz. You're going to call Nate Diaz a pushover? Nate Diaz took years of his prime off after the second fight with Conor because he knew his worth and said, no, I'm a draw now. I'm not just fighting nobody. You know what? I'm going to come back and make these guys famous. I made my name too in those Conor fights. Right? So people saying that, oh, Diaz made his name off Conor's legacy. Hey, I'm probably Conor McGregor's hugest fan. I'm one of his biggest supporters and advocates. But you can't say, yes, they're tied to each other's legacy and name. Obviously, so is Khabib. He's tied to Conor. Him and they're both tied together. Right? But for people to say that Nate Diaz is a pushover and only made his name off Conor, get rid of the MMA card. Bring it back. Stick to the NFL, the NBA. Do what you got. Talk on what you're good at. Because... Nate D is a pushover? Woo! Lost some points there. Nate Diaz is far from a pushover. We know that. As fight fans, we all know that. Whether you're a casual or you're a hardcore fan, you know Nate Diaz is not a pushover. Nate Diaz is game. He comes to fight every fight. Right? And Jorge Masvidal pieced him up for three rounds. Granted, it was a controversial stoppage, the doctor, all this kind of stuff. It's a win, though. It's a win. Right? And if you watch the fight back, Jorge beat him three rounds to zero before the fight was stopped. Absolutely destroyed Nate. And to cap off that, winning the BMF belt for 2019, how much of a star... Did that elevate him more? That media, that attention to sell out Madison Square Garden, right? He did 900, they did 925 buys on that. A little under a million for two guys that are supposedly journeymen, is what people call them. At that point, Jorge Mazadov is arguably. When the ESPN and UFC deal was reached, he's arguably the biggest star of that deal. Right? Connor took off all of 2019. 
He didn't come back until January of 2020. The ESPN deal with UFC was already in effect. Jorge was the big name of 2019. So, he beat the former number one contender, who was ranked number three at the time, Darren Till. Then he beats Ben Askren, who was ranked number five at the time, and Jorge was ranked number four when they fought in July. Knocked him out in five seconds. And then does the BMF title fight against Nate, who was number seven at the time after taking almost two years off, beating Anthony Pettis, a former champion who went up to 170. Nate beat him and then called Mazadoff out. Then we did the BMF fight. So, the case of it was is that Usman beat Woodley, and the next up after Woodley obviously was Colby Covington. And we did that fight, Usman won. After Colby, Jorge's up. Jorge's up. It's his turn. Next man up. He proved it. You can't say he didn't beat anybody. When he beat the former contender who was ranked three at the time they fought, he beat another top five opponent when he was four. The other guy was five. And then he destroyed Nate Diaz, who's an absolute MMA household name, after Nate called him out. Jorge didn't have to take the fight. He said, hell yeah, let's do it. He did it for the fans, UFC, and Dana. Dana saw the dollar signs all over it. And Jorge said, you know what? The streak I'm riding on right now, I'll go ahead. I'll fight Nate for you. I want that BMF belt. And after I beat them beating up Nate, piecing him up, I want Usman Colby next. Dana said, say no more. New contract, guaranteed title shot. And that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. So for people to say that, oh, Mazadov, man, he didn't deserve this, he didn't deserve this, save all that. Save it. Because it's not true. Game-bred season, the comeback, the resurrection, whatever you want to call it, has proven itself title challenger worthy. And that's what we're getting on Saturday night. You know, one thing that these two guys have in common a lot is, like I mentioned it, is I believe they have both high fighter IQ. They can make adjustments. Now, Kamar was training for a completely different fighter in Gilbert Burns. An absolute black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu monster that Burns is, who has powerful, physical, strong stand-up, but I don't feel he has the same stand-up as Jorge Mazadoff. And also, I think Mazadoff, I'd have to give the wrestling edge over Gilbert Burns because Burns wouldn't mind if he gets taken down to fight off his back, either to look for a sweep, get in scrambles, or even fight off his back looking for a submission. Because being a, being a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I mean, I think he would welcome that. Jorge, on the other hand, is going to fight not to get taken down, and he's going to be nasty in the clinch with his boxing, kickboxing, and Muay Thai skills that he brings. 
So I think it pins, and in my opinion, I think, you know, he called Ricky, ah, I'm 22 pounds overweight, and ah, seven days notice. He said, I was only training, you know, two, three times a week, and then I was running another day of the week, and all this, whatever he was, you know, he said on the interview. I think a lot of that is just trolling and just kind of mind games, because for the most part, Usman, I don't think, respects him that much. So I think Jorge's trying to play a mind game with him so he can kind of bait him in. And Usman gets real cocky and stands up. I'm not sure if it's going to work because, like I said, Usman's a very, very calculated, high IQ fighter. I don't see him falling into traps like that to really kind of bait him in. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Usman left South Florida where they usually train because him and Gilbert Burns are training partners. They spar together and train. Went to train with Justin Gaethje and Trevor Whitman in Denver, Colorado, Team Elevation. And he was preparing for Gilbert Burns. Where I think Jorge, for, you know, three, four months, was getting ready, for a solid three months at least, for Kamar Usman. He brought in top-level, all-American D1 wrestlers. He was sparring with Dustin Poirier that we saw. Working with his longtime boxing coach, Paulino Fernandez. So I believe that Jorge was training for the type of fighter that Usman is, where Kamar was really getting ready, training, preparing for Gilbert Burns. But like I said, high, you know, great fighters can make adjustments and they have great high fight IQ. And that really. Could show us Saturday night if Kamar makes the adjustments to win the fight, or if Jorge's strategy plays out. One interesting fact that you know I have it's 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 crazy because Jorge hasn't lost; he hasn't been stopped since two thousand in over eleven years. The last time he was stopped in a fight, he's never been knocked out. He was stopped by submission in 2009. That's crazy. He's only been dropped once in the octagon. That was Darren Till, who's, who's actually a 185-pounder, who cuts from 200 pounds to make 170. But he's never been dropped in the octagon. Kamar... The last time he was stopped was his only loss. He's 16 to 1. His only loss is by submission. And that loss came in 2013, seven years ago. So both of these guys haven't been stopped in years. You know, this is why I've been trying to sell this fight to people. Because this is the fight that makes the most sense for all of us. This is the fight that this is the fight that we needed. It is the biggest title fight of 2020. And you see how hyped everybody is on a seven days notice. Imagine if they booked this back in like May, how hyped you would have been, right? So A lot of it, I, 
I think it just comes down to who executes their game plan better. You know, I see it if, if Jorge's going to win, he's going to win inside three rounds. It's going to be inside three. If Usman wins, I say he wins either in round four. He wins in either round four or five, or he wins by decision. I can honestly see it going. If Usman does win, he submits him in round four or five, where Gamebred is just absolutely gassed and worn out, similar to how Khabib beat Connor, where he just wore him out, beat him up, and then tapped him out eventually because he was so gassed and worn down. I see it maybe being like that, where George is so just worn down, gassed out, and Usman beats him. Or if Usman does the game plan strategy like he says he's going to do, just ragdolls him, goes in there, takedown, takedown, pressure, dirty box, and just you know beats him for five rounds and gets the unanimous decision win. But I think one thing that has to be taken in, if Usman looks to get in a type of brawling style where they get in the clinch, I honestly think that can pose a lot of threats for him with Jorge because Jorge throws nasty knees and elbows in the clinch. We saw it in the fight against Nate multiple times. We saw it in the first round of the Darren Till fight when they got in the clinch. He throws a lot of knees and elbows in tight. And his boxing is very crisp and his technique's very good. So he stays in and he stays in tight. So... That, I think if that's Kamar's strategy going into it, one of the ways that he looks to wear him down, that could go against him. Also, I think with game bread, right, I think he's going to have to utilize kicks. There's going to be the threat of Kamar grabbing it, being able to take you down, but I think he's going to have to utilize, he's going to have to go up top, use head kicks, head kicks, head kicks, set it up, make him think. You're going to go low. Perfect. Let me start going high then. Then he'll bring the guard up, and then I can open up. He opens up the body. Then I can start hitting those body kicks. Usman's a mi- – or excuse me, Jorge is, I think, one of the best in the game at throwing body kicks. If you watch the fight against Diaz, watch the fight against Till, watch the fight against Donald Cerrone, the fight against Damian Maya, he was throwing – He throws heavy volume and power into his body kicks. I think that's one way he can do it. Now, if Usman comes out like he did in the Colby fight and it's going to be a complete stand-up war, I I don't see him... He can take a punch, absolutely. But I don't see him... The shots that he ate from Colby, if... Jorge starts hitting him with shots like that, I think Usman gets knocked out. Because I think Usman has better technique and more power than Colby does, where Usman can't take, he can't take a lot of those shots. It's just going to hurt him, overwhelm him, drop him, and then lose. I, I just can't see it. I mean, the closer we get to this, it's just, wow. 
I mean, the, I mean, this this is absolutely it's insane that we're getting this fight on seven days' notice. You know, it's tough. Um, I want to finish with a prediction. I'm going to... <sighs> I'm going to have to... I was going to wait a day, maybe two. I was going to do a full prediction on the card, but I mean, I've just been so deep dive breaking down into this fight. I'm just going to get a prediction now. It's a Tuesday. I usually wait till Thursday to make my final predictions, but I'm going to use it. I'm going to put my prediction in now just because I know when I, once I put this prediction in, I'm going to keep it locked in. I'm going to pick. Jorge Gamebred Mazadoff TKO end of the second round. The first round comes out. I think Jorge comes out very explosive and he blitzes Kamar, puts him on his bike, has him thinking, uh oh, you know, has him going backwards. I think he connects early. I don't think at that point, I don't think he hurts him enough to finish it and drop him. But I think Kamar then looks for takedowns. He looks to put pressure, slow the pace down a little bit. I think he connects on some shots, goes for a takedown. I think he gets stuffed on the takedown, though. I think in this fight, it comes down to similar to how Kamar beat Tyron Woodley. He broke him. And I think... If Kamar can't get him down early in the first round, I think a lot of his confidence drops off. <sighs> Second round, I feel it's going to be competitive. I feel George opens back up. This time I think Kamar stands with him, baits it in a little bit. They trade punches. I feel that Kamar tags him up. Gamebred eats it. And now let me say this, people can't, as much as I think people are underestimating Jorge's wrestling, we can't underestimate Usman's power in stand-up. Obviously, Jorge's not the wrestler that Kamar is, and obviously Kamar is not the striker that Jorge is, right? But Kamar has power. He hit Colby, he hit Woodley. Right? He has power. He throws heavy shots. Now can George... You know, we, we all know that Jorge has a chin. He can eat punches, right? He's only been dropped once in the UFC recently. That was Darren Till. So... But I feel it going down. Second round. Game bread. I think Jorge drops him with a head kick. The head kick hurts him, drops him, whether it's a clean drop or if it stumbles him and rocks him. I think that's what hurts him initially. Gamebird finishes up with some punches, 
ends it with TKO. And we have a new UFC welterweight champion. And game bread season still going. After 48 fights, he finally wins the title on the biggest stage, the biggest MMA organization, the richest prize in any MMA organization, a UFC, a UFC belt. So on Saturday night, I feel that we're going to hear a new UFC welterweight champion, Jorge Gamebred Mazadov. I hope everybody has a great night. I more than likely am going to do a podcast tomorrow or Thursday, maybe even Friday, with some special guest. Maybe Friday, doing a full prediction of the card breakdown. Um, I wanted to break up the Usman and um, Jorge fight uh, into two parts, just because I'm so hyped for this fight. I've been selling this fight for six months, and there's so much to talk about with it: backstory, build up, skill set, everything else that's you know put into it. So, follow me on Instagram, the Blake Gibbs Show. You also can find my personal account on there too. You don't really want to see that, though. Just follow the Blake Gibbs Show. Um, also, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, all podcast platforms the Blake Gibbs Show is available on. We've got a lot of good content coming. The pandemic set us it, – it set the podcast back a few months, no doubt. I mean it set the world and life back a few months, we all know. So, But trust me, the Blake Gibbs Show, there's a lot more coming got a lot of ideas planned. I want to get special guests on. We're going to keep this rolling, man. Like we're really going to take off um, the rest of 2020 and then 2021. We're going to the stars, man. We're going to be at International Fight Week next next year in July in Vegas. Um, I want to make a trip to Abu Dhabi too. So, man, there's big plans coming. And um, I hope everyone just joins me. So follow the Blake Gibbs Show. Get you ready. Part two, Usman versus Jorge Mazadov. I'm signing off. I'll be checking back in with you guys at the end of the week. We're four days out till we take flight. Let's have good thoughts. Let's think positive. And as soon as you know it, it's going to be fight night on Saturday. Later out, everybody. Have a good one.